0: This is this is the In the Black podcast. In the black, bro.
1: (laughs) Check check this out. What's up? I know I know I'm going to get heckled from the fucking peanut gallery, but I don't give a shit at this point. Oh, Lord, so, now, man? you know your boy. He's been trying to get on his his whole health thing, and I've been I've been doing relatively well. You know what I'm saying? I, I I've this lost, is true. This is true. I've lost uh, forty pounds since September. So I'm 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 doing my thing. I'm trying my best to anyway. I'm so, but I want to sure. <laughs> from your mouth <laughs> to God's ears, I guess. Anyway, so I wanted to, <laughs> to take an opportunity to extend a, a heartfelt apology a formal apology to my homie vernon Blanton. uh <laughs> so vernon's been riding bikes he rides he rides bikes right for his for his exercise routine and one day my man was talking about yeah man i just got a new bike and i had to and i bought some new shorts i said okay new shorts what the fuck is that about he's like yeah i got the shorts and they got the like the ass pads in them and I clowned my man. I was like, what the fuck? Nigga, you wrote this joint with the with the butt cheek cushions and shit? And he was like, nah, man, you just don't understand and blah, 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 blah. I said, <laughs> okay, I, I, I don't understand. Whatever. Right. I was like, okay, whatever. No, nigga, no, no, if that's your right. thing and that's what you do, then that's what you do. So <laughs> my wife bought me a bike for my birthday. And I, I, got, I was already riding a, uh, a smaller bike beforehand, but she bought me a more... Professional road bike. And I wanna off, I wanna offer up a heartfelt apology to my man Vernon. Because after two weeks of riding a bike and putting in at least 15 miles, that shit is not a motherfucking joke. Dog. It's been hard to oh, sit so, down for the past couple of days. That's how. Bad oh,
2: so, it so, so so it's an actual exercise accessory. <laughs>
1: Nigga! You should be used to that, though.
2: What, right? what, 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 per, wait, what purpose is it, sir? Like <laughs> right, more resistance or something?
3: You should be used to having a difficult time sitting down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, so what is it supposed to do? So, does the. God damn it. The way what's the what's seats, science? The way the seats are set up on a on a bike, like on yeah, a real blame, bike. Lame the seats. Yeah, That's no, what <laughs> this nigga. <laughs> the the seat. seats are really just like they're terrible. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, supposedly yeah, yeah. they're yeah, yeah. they're done that way on purpose. I don't know why don't get me by the science. I don't understand that shit. Right. But they're done that way on purpose. And yeah you know it's funny
3: other gay men don't make these excuses
1: let me hold up let 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 me close my door because i know my wife is talking to my mom upstairs i don't want her to hear me cussing you the fuck out hold on one second oh my god (laughs) Elgin Bailey, you know good motherfucker. When I see you in these streets, I'm gonna beat the shit out you.
3: <laughs> I never hear gay men make these kind of complaints, man. This is fascinating.
1: But hold up. How would you know what gay men are making complaints about if you're not in that circle? I have gay friends. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, oh, oh. come, come on. Oh, don't do that. Like, don't do that. Cause we're going to, you said you the fact that you just said that she's gonna get us some fucking letters. It's like I got gay friends. Like oh, yeah. I got I got friends that are black too, by the way. I mean, I mean I can't be a bastard. I, a bastard. I got gay friends. See you know what I'm saying? No, 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 Oh, I'm just you know,
3: I'm fascinated. I
1: mean, <laughs> Don't be fascinated by it. You see this motherfucker. Don't be fascinated by that shit. Just understand what I just said. The okay. shit is ridiculous, man. I'm whatever, man. Anybody that rides bikes knows what the fuck I'm talking about. That shit is not a motherfucking joke, man. Mm-hmm. God, you, fuck you, goddamn. I hate you, El. I fucking hate you so goddamn. But yes welcome 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 i am responsible for yes you are this fucking man. responsible for this bullshit <laughs> yes welcome 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 what's up what's up what is up back once again this is the incredible in the black podcast and in case you weren't aware this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men that are sensitive to other people's fucking physical situations hold on we are <laughs> but when you come on a show with three grown black
3: men and talk about your ass hurting conversations are going to begin to take place hold, yeah. up. hold uh, up questions okay. questions, yeah. will, I don't questions need, will be yeah, asked does my ass hurt but i need padding for my ass was the way you started this conversation so we as supportive black men begin to say hey listen Maybe you should reach out to certain communities and find out how they navigate these (laughs) components.
2: Yeah, man. You know, consult, man. Go consult, consult, man. Don't don't fucking add
1: to this shit, Phil. Consult. Don't do that shit. You (laughs) couldn't hold. You couldn't just be a good black friend and just be like, "My guy, you okay? (laughs) You know what's going on." This dude had to take it. He went from zero to sixty like that. You started
3: the show talking about my ass hurts. What am I supposed to do in that situation?
1: You're supposed to say, "Sorry, my guy. I'm sorry to hear that."
3: No, I'm not. Um, first of all. I need to find out why you're. Asking. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know why. That's it's
1: what it's makes. This one makes doesn't happen again. Like this is what yeah, we're yeah. doing. This is the tag team. <laughs> this is what's going on. <laughs> okay. Is it
3: Peggy? Is it sure <laughs> <what,
1: is> <laughs> make sure, it's make, sure it's
3: make sure you're good. You know this
2: it's it's make sure just you're just coherent.
1: As long as you're you co- as long as you're coherent, I'm good. You know July is going to be here before you know it. Blur Con, when I see you, I'm going to put man. DDT your ass off the top rope. Bro. Listen, man, we have probably see
3: Privacy in your bedroom. Okay,
1: cool. Okay, man. okay. Elgin's just he's setting himself up in the DDT. Yes, oh I am your host, God. Big O. This, this nigga, I hate you. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In The Black Himself. But you know, I could never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of 112. Crush, say what's up, man.
2: What's good, everybody? What's good, everybody? Uh, sorry for my absence. I had to you know, recover from the second <laughs> shot and uh, entertain in-laws on my birthday.
3: I hope that people can actually hear that earlier conversation so they can actually say Oh, they will. L, <laughs> you know again, was absolutely right. I understand. He did nothing wrong in this situation. In this situation,
1: <laughs> if that I mean, helps man. you, if that helps you I sleep mean, at night, you know, good mother. There is, there, I mean, there is basic consideration being expressed. What, 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 what really whatever, support. whatever, man, whatever. I, bro, listen, man. <laughs> God, I hate you guys. You threw me all off script and everything. Yes, if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you hit the thumbs up button, that sexy red thumbs up button. It there goes... Sexy. It thumbs, up? thumbs up? No. The thumbs up is not red. It's blue. My bad. The sexy red subscribe button. Is, <laughs> <red>, <laughs> is your wife's red? Is your wife's red? Shut the hell up. wrong <laughs> <don't> you? <laughs> hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next video. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. It goes a long way. Helps the algorithm. Put some more of our videos in your feed. Make oh, wow. sure you check us out across social media at InTheBlackPDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And please, if you're willing, you can always go to our website and check out past episodes as well. But before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the show, Eldrin, please tell these good folks how they can become part of the family if you want to do that. Well, I will not send out
3: Sean's help account. I won't do that. <laughs> what I will do is send you over where you can get some actual wholesome material. Not wholesome. Wholesome. <laughs> Wholesome material, so go ahead and head over to our website, man. Uh, <clears throat> www.intheblackpodcast.com. In the right-hand corner, you can click Become Family tab. Underneath this tab, there's a number of things that you can subscribe to and become a part of. None of which would be his ex videos account. <laughs> it <Like>, would all be. <premiered. laughs> it would be the Patreon. Or you can donate exclusively straight through uh, Cash App, dollar sign in the Black PDCST. But family, you really want to become a member of our Patreon account. We got some dope ass tiers. We got some great conversations that you won't hear. Oh, fucking YouTube. Uh, <laughs> especially especially pegging. But then
0: there's, just, oh, there's,
3: it's
2: a, it's there's it's that conversation that you keep bringing in. that up.
0: <laughs> our uh, and after that
3: conversation, you want to go over and You want to hear that conversation. But yeah, man, you're a member of the family. And you want to hear this Pies check in because this Pies check in. It's really important to find out how Sean's physical health is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the exclusive is on the way. (laughs) He's shouting out Vernon like... Like Vernon is the one who's responsible for his ass. Hurting,
1: I'm, like. I'm, I'm, I'm very apprehensive. With the way you keep mentioning Peggy, I'm very apprehensive to see what the hell your dad in today's history looks like. Well, okay. Yo, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. No. You started it. Oh, up. No, no. this shit up. You started I
3: mean, you, know, you came to me and Making a hashtag. My ass hurts. <laughs> like, you came to us and told us that. We didn't say, Sean. How's your ass? You said,
1: "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right? hold up, man. hold up, hold up, hold up." I thought that we were. I thought that we were friends, man. I we thought are. we shared intimate we, things ain't, like this. We you ain't know, no those
3: type of friends. Though, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there have to
1: be there have to be
2: some boundaries. You know? <laughs> <I'm>
1: just,
3: <laughs> like,
2: clear somewhere.
1: The boundary deal. right okay. here and here, my... here, around here, around okay, here. My bad. I have, I will now set <laughs> yes. clear and proper delineation for our next
3: conversation. Yes, what happens to your ass is on the other side. <laughs> on the other side. I'm over here. Yes, yeah. you know the missus
1: can get you can
3: hear about that. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait for Bernie to hear this because Phil, just, please don't, just, don't add to this bad story. <laughs> <bread. laughs> was like shout out to Vernon <laughs> <laughs>
0: shout out
3: to I don't think, okay. I, don't think I don't think that's what Vernon
1: was talking about I nigga let's move on god damn it <laughs> 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 okay. alright All right. recently hip hop should I call him an icon is he an icon would you call him like Joe Budden? No, I would. I would you would.
3: Icon, I- icon no. is just a symbol. Doesn't mean that he's anything. You so it's not It's not. It's not a title. You mean? No, it's not a title.
1: Okay. Okay. I guess I can yeah, call no. him an icon. Okay, Joe Budden, hip hop icon, and I guess media mogul, uh actually got into some pretty he- a pretty heated conversation on their last Joe Budden podcast. Uh His co host Maul and uh what's the other bro, bro, bro's name? Uh, don't you butchery. Rory. No. Rory Thank no, you. Rory and He fired them on air because of creative differences. Is that is that good enough?
3: Mm.
1: No? Depends on whose side. You're I mean, on. good <laughs> enough for a
3: press release, I guess
1: fair enough fair enough, fair enough fair enough uh fired them on air during a live podcast because of creative differences um and they have since Rory and Moll have since taken to everywhere that they can possibly get to to tell their side of the story um <clears throat> when you guys first heard the story what was your first thoughts because I know me I have a percep- a perception of who Joe button is like a person was not like I know the guy or anything like that, but just seeing him from the outside looking in and then hearing the story kind of fit the the mold of what I thought he was, but that's just me. What did you guys think when you first heard about it? Uh, Well, I
3: listened to the podcast. Uh, I've listened to the podcast for a number of years, Uh, but I listened to it like, I listen to a lot of entertainment stuff. I take, you know, what I can get from it and you know that pushing. old yeah, that old saying, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Yeah, whatever. So similar to that. So I knew that there was tension between Joe and Rory for a number of shows. Like they would be on the podcast essentially threatening each other, asking each other if they wanted to go outside and fight in the midst of a podcast. So Hold are you, know, up, you was- serious? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. So Hmm. this is this what took place is not surprising to me at all. Uh, And I know the clip of Joe actually firing Rory specifically has gotten a lot of attention and rightfully so. Uh, But if people would listen to the beginning of the podcast before he got to the firing, he did a decent job of explaining it. But on the most recent podcast, he actually apologized he apologized for handling the situation the way they did because Royce the 59 came on and Royce was like listen man one of the things that Bun B told us is you never air out family because that's one of the things you will always regret yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah definitely. Then, he's he's apologized for airing them out now he's not inviting them back on the podcast and nothing like that right. but i think i think there's a larger issue here that is beyond Joe, his ego, uh, his perception. I mean, the perception that people have of Joe. I think there's a much larger conversation that I'm pissed off that Joe wasn't able to get because he's done a decent job of having conversations about creatives, about ownership. Uh, He's done a a very good job of doing that. And I think in this particular situation, he fucked this shit up.
1: I can dig. Do you think his apology was genuine, though, or do you think it was really said because, at this point, the amount of fervor might start messing with his money?
3: I don't think the fervor is going to mess with his money. Let I me mean, let me say that. I don't think any of this thing. I think, if anything, the one thing that's about fucking capitalism in America is drama attracts people. It doesn't repel people uh, <laughs> the way we think it should. So I don't think it's going to have that type of effect. I think it was genuine. Again, that's I think true. he apologized for the way he handled it, not the outcome. I mean, he stands firm on the outcome. He's like, no, I, mean. I, I can dig it. Crush, what about you, man?
2: Well, you know, I mean, I've been familiar with Joe Button, the artist and the podcaster for a number of years. I, too, was a fan of the show for quite a number of years, actually, mm-hmm. uh, myself. Um, you know, I did kind of drift away after, you know, he started, you know, after he started ranting about a few people, you know a little too much and um i just got a little annoyed with it for, for a while but i think i did kind of i did kind of get the drift back to the podcast but things did seem different mm-hmm. so um you know what happened and knowing joe budden i mean even knowing a little history back you know, in jc you know i got folks up there um you know the erratic you know his erratic reaction to, 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 the, to the whole situation it's pretty. It's pretty typical, of Joe. Like the, you know. In fact, you know, I remember when, forgot who it was. They, they actually warned Moria Char- Mal about the about Charlemagne. him. Charlemagne. So Yeah, you're like, man, watch this guy, man. You blow the fuck up for you. And um, you know, I remember laughing too, but I, remember, I mean, look, this is, this is, you know, it, you know, on, on one level, yeah, the the apology. I can see him apologizing because you know the the history they have is very long. I mean they are old friends but yeah I cause I also see him standing strong in, in, in on the outcome of things um you know the way you know he yeah he has been a clear supporter of creatives and and, and continuing a conversation around you know, around ownership for creatives but his example of leadership here was extremely poor um you know and you know uh you know if uh, if 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 people that um, you have said, and they have, have declared and they have, that we were partners in this situation. Um, you know, any concern I have, you know, un- you know, it, sh- it should be fairly addressed and behind closed doors. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't issue memos uh, live on air, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got an email address. You know what I'm uh, so you know, it was. It was I mean, I, the, the, yeah, yeah, the, the apology did seem fairly sincere. I don't, you know, going forward, yeah, it does seem like it's going to benefit regardless. Um, but it does, uh, you know, it, do, it does shine a light on how, you know, on how the, uh, you know, how we as creatives who want to, want to be businessmen need to, need to handle our situations because more often than not, we're going into business with our friends. I mean, I'm kind of going through this situation <laughs> right now myself, or, oh, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to you know, go into detail, but I know some of the struggles that, um, you go through, um, when you're interming- intermingling your ambition with personal relationships. Um, especially ones that go back decades. Um, it can get very complicated, and you know, the only thing you want to do, the only thing you need to do is to be as open and as transparent as possible. Don't assume that your man knows, you know, or or he should know or he should understand. Nah, as your man, you should be you should lay out the whole plan for him from the get. Like I want you in on I want you in on this whole on this whole on this whole structure from the get so you don't feel blindsided by anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I I feel you know, I I've seen those situations where someone in, in charge, you know, in a circle of friends, and you know, there's this uh, unspoken trust, you know, but time goes by, different di- time goes by, differences are noticed, and it's like, why would you dare question me? I'm your man. No, 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 it's about. it's no, 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 you know, that's no, 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 You know he he allowed he allowed his his executive net to come in. You know what I'm saying?
1: And and, and then dominated. Let me ask this this question then: Then how do you? What supersedes what? Then does your friend's does your contracts contracts business supersedes your friendship?
2: Contracts
1: contracts business business supersedes
3: my friendship. The moment that me as friends go into business, business has to supersede my friendship. Because in my friendship, again, I can just assume certain things. I can always assume that you have my best interests. I can assume that See, you're Joe, working yeah. on my behalf. I can assume all those things. But in Joe, business, we acted I'm, like a friend. Exactly. I not can't, a businessman. Joe, Joe, I we acted like a friend, business. not a businessman. In business, when my yeah. money is short, when there is 400K missing and I ask for an audit, we can't be friends at that moment. We can't fall back on friendship. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. I mean, yeah. I assume, but 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 but, mm, but when, you, when, you, when you call, but,
2: but then but but then you, but, but when, you, when you're calling me at three in the morning, screaming at me, that's not that's not my boss. You're screaming at me like my, like my boy, and I'm like, and, but you know, but you're screaming at me in a way I don't have I've never seen before because it's intermingled with this business shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like J- Joe reacted like. You know, emotionally from friend That's my, my man. Friends. Instead of and instead of like remaining, you know, remaining composed yeah. and react and, and taking the leadership position. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, looking at the bird's point.
1: eye view of the situation. He he didn't. He just didn't do that. Friends and, friends, and, and no friends, though. There's confused. a time and a place for everything. And like you were saying earlier, I mean, I of course. Really, of course. I think that he really overstepped the bounds. Like you don't do that in the midst. Like you said, you don't do that in the midst of. But I don't think making don't. it public.
3: I don't know, man. I mean, I think there's some violations. There's some things that you can do to people that I think people can perceive as deserving
1: a public response. Why? Uh, why is why if your if your friendship is not on front street for everybody, but, but, why, but, should, like, why should why should your battles be on front street? But again, it's it's not friendship.
3: It's business. He, he they weren't calling. He wasn't calling their friendship into question. They were calling his business practices into question. It wasn't whether or not they were saying Joe's not a yeah. friend. They were friend. saying yeah. the money
1: was the concern. No, I no, I think that there's, I think, and I, I think that honestly, that there's a gray line there specifically in this situation, because it's like Phil already alluded to, if you're my friend, me asking you what's going on with the monies shouldn't be an issue. It should be like, hey, I thought we talked about this. You didn't fill me in, so on and so forth. As a friend, I think that you should be able to ask that question based on their relationship, right? And I know you smirking because we've had- Because I'm saying, bro, it's business. <laughs> we've we've <laughs> had this we've business had, had, now. When but at the same time, you, when you, when you make table, that response, see, I mean, like I said, they didn't make that, they didn't make that, to my knowledge see, anyway, they didn't make that inquiry public. Why did you see, make the problem, that response public? anything it like and say it. You Repeat know, they, that.
3: They didn't see? go to Joe and say, "Hey, Joe, I want to check the books." They went to other people around Joe, and, oh. and and those people went back to Joe and said, "Yo, man, oh bro, 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 all trying to check the books out," and oh, then the okay, conversation okay. burst off. Of okay, yeah, we want to see the books. Okay, so okay, okay, it was a lack of okay that's where that 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 fuzzy line comes in man between friendship and business bruh it's it's, it's would you got that kind of money I, mean, I, I, mean, now, I mean I mean
2: now I mean now if 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 that you know if that aspect of the story is true if they you know if they themselves were asking people around him about the situation, you know that's not really that's not that's, that's a little unfair to the friendship aspect. Yeah, of of, of, of the situation, that's a little unfair. But and, and to these, the business but, aspect too. But that's your partner. But, you have but, your partner directly. But, you don't go behind. But, but or asking. But it, but if these were lawyers asking questions, that's then we're all good. That's that's how they
3: work. And that's exactly where the, all this would have been squashed. If it was them doing, if, was, if it was them lawyers, running their mouth
1: to people, and their lawyers were doing that, that's how that's how business works. So they weren't. Mm-hmm. So just for clarity's sake, yeah. they weren't asking for legal. I don't legal. know. I don't know.
2: I, I'm speculating. I'm speculating. Okay. okay. Because I find it. Just, I would find it strange. At least at the kind of getting to know Rory and Mal for three, four years that they would just you know start asking around Joe. Like that. That seems weird to me. A lawyer would ask around Joe to get all the details they need, forensics and shit like that. Wait, hold on, put a lawyer this, put would do, but, this but this they themselves talk to people I that see, sounds weird, to, see, me. That sounds weird Joe, to me. That sounds weird.
3: Joe, when I see somebody who's in Joe's position making and all of a sudden he's doing things financially mm-hmm. that he's never done before, now I'm like, "Hold on time out. I can, I can I can in our friendship, can I have a conversation about how you getting your paper? Can I have a conversation about how you get in your bag without you climbing into your your ego bag, which Joe is notorious for doing. And,
2: and he did that with he did well with Rory after Rory was being magnanimous. Yeah, they they said heart. this is not the first or the second time that he's had these and, then, and, then, and, that, and that and that and that blow up that was completely about Joe looking good. No, no but it was like shit. how da- how how dare, how dare, makes, how, dare ma- ma- how dare you make how dare you make. That magnanimous move without
1: me, no. But I also think like I said that's why I said (laughs) that's what that was about. That's why I said it fits into Joe's at least the perception that I have of Joe. It fits into that mold because if you were honestly and the the title thing, no, no, no. Listen, so if you were honestly friends, Rory Mall and Joe, if you're honestly friends, communication, and you get to the point where your boys have to go around you and ask people behind your back what's going on, well, tension's already there. Fractured at that point. Well, yeah.
2: I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. You know, see, see, that's uh, mm, a. I, I mean, if that's it cause sometimes, that. that's, uh, cause sometimes cats will, sometimes cats will literally put up walls.
3: If you know I'm saying, around, around certain topics, you know what I'm saying. Particularly and that's if you're making more money than you've ever made, it you come from shit, and all of a sudden you're making all this money. It's something in you that's going to want you to do everything you possibly can to protect that money. Irregardless of other relationships, oh, oh, you
1: don't. So you don't go by that old, adage but, that but but money but, they're makes you work? But, they're, but they're supposed to be partners. You already were, but but they're supposed, supposed to be what partners. I'm
2: saying they're supposed to be partners.
1: See, that's a key word for me. No partners, man. not employees. They're they're supposed to be partners. Okay, this is a ta- tangentially they're related. They're not exclusively related, but tangentially they're related. Do you think this is a cultural thing? Because you hear stories like this often when it comes to black creatives and people black people that have money like their partnerships seem to always be on front street blowing up I think it's even bob johnson thing. even the way they yeah. talked about how bob johnson gave um the his inner circle when he sold viacom um sold um BT. BET off to the viacom there was a whole bubble up you know what i'm saying like it was a really messy thing and you see this a lot with black creatives or black people that have money so do you think that this is a cultural thing do we have problems working or being challenged by By people in the community, I don't
3: think it's the I don't think it's the latter part that we have an issue with being challenged. I think it is. I think I see this more with black men than I ever see it with black women. For whatever reason, when it comes to black men, and question for you: Are you in that
1: circle? Though I just I'm just trying to get clarity. In what circle? Meaning, you said you don't see it much with black women. So I mean, are you in the circle where you would see the relationships founded in business with black women? I think I would see it. Am I as
3: deep as mm. I am with black men? No. Okay. So we'll we'll stick with black men. No, I no, no. This, I am just want clarity. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, okay. Uh, I think this is more an issue with black men. I think for one, particularly with the way black men are groomed and grow, we're not taught to, within our culture, to share, to build with other men. We're, it, we're instilled mm. to take our dream, our vision, protect it, work hard for it, and you can give to other people to bring them on, but you're never supposed to share the blueprint with them. You may share your tools, mm. but you're not supposed to share your blueprint and your resources that got you there. We're conditioned and cl- Put into that mentality to do that so i look at black men across the diaspora and i see us not willing to relinquish a piece of our vision and dream to others out of fear of losing it and being rejected and not being validated
2: Hmm. go ahead Hmm. i mean i could you know i could definitely uh uh Empathize with that, uh, the idea of us uh, being conditioned that way. Um, the circumstances that often lead, you know, black men in this country to success, um, you know, I guess introduce us to concepts of business that would be considered ruthless on a, on a cultural level, you know? um, just uh the ways that we have to regard people as numbers and and the sense of scale we have to uh we have to apply to uh to uh, to, 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 to money and investment um become very objective about life itself even you know we get really absorbed in this um and this it's hard it's hard to walk through this uh you know this this, this uh you know this, this this version of entrepreneurship um unscathed um, it's it's hard to you know remain uh, moral, you know, yeah. um, without uh, perhaps compromising your dream itself, you know. Uh, it, it's, it, it's 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 the, the conflict between your self interest and the greater good is uh, is terrible for black people um, right. because of our because of our situation here. Um, I mean, it's, you know, self-interest works for certain for certain people. <laughs> you know, self, but when we take our self-interest, uh, you know, whole communities get you know get get left behind in their wake and cause violence and drama and families break up and whatnot. But when white people take their self-interest, you know, they get to divorce their wives and give them four billion dollars and and try and and uh, build strange technologies for free. Um, no the you know this you know this you know this this struggle for us in business is very unique um and it's something that you know i'm not sure you know uh, what what you know what, what would what it would take for us to really see the bigger picture um of what uh, of what power means you know um and that's and 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 what you know and what wealth means you know but i don't know i don't know I mean, but this this is by far one of the most uh, modern examples of uh, a black entrepreneurship that we're seeing in our faces you know i mean personality clashing with commerce is ugly it's really ugly it's really fucking ugly and it doesn't work it doesn't work and it's pretty damn embarrassing
1: I, I mean i think it takes it takes a special person to be an entrepreneur like a successful entrepreneur because there's a yeah. lot of time dedication and heart And passion that you have to put into not just what you're going to the service that you're providing but also what goes around helping to be able to provide that service right and i think that we often find ourselves we often find ourselves in life situations where we are where we rely on the memory of the last person that let us down and that builds, I think forges or messes up other relationships going forward. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it all the way funky with you. I can't tell you how many other projects that I've tried to, to front, where you think everybody is online in line with the same passion, you know what I mean? And you think everyone knows their role, knows their part and is willing and dedicated to be able to, to build this project up and you find yourself being the only person that's really as dedicated. And then sometimes like we were, as we're talking before, you start talking about this, this, this friendship thing, right? And it, it conflicts and conflates a lot of things because you're in this situation where you feel like you're being done dirty, but you don't want to, because of the value of the friendship, you don't want things to go awry. And i know that a lot of entrepreneurs at least ones that i've spoken to as well besides i mean besides my own personal experience it is a it's a blockade it's a big blockade yeah. what's the blockade a block the blockade of pr- prior experiences forging how we do or build relationships business relationships going forward but, and i think that's a part of
3: it possibly but i think the bigger issue is the whole concept of entrepreneurship The whole concept of entrepreneurship is a very individualistic component and thought process essentially you're trying to build something that you call and then while you're doing that you're attempting when you get to a certain place after the blood sweat and tears the long nights the disappointments the rejection now somebody comes on and if they don't meet that standard that you have created through that blood sweat and tears rejection That causes friction and fraction. And it's not because they came on the way they did. It's because from the the beginning, the root of it was all about you. I can't think of too many entrepreneurs that actually go into business with the concept of me actually doing something on a larger scale to help other people. The capital. The income, the financial component, leads the way 90% of the time, and then the residual happens to be a communal thought process. But you say and that as though that's –
1: the, the way you're saying that, it makes it seem like that's like that's an yes. awkward or odd thing, and I don't know it's necessarily if that is. It's not an awkward
3: or odd thing. I think it's a bad thing. I don't think and i think you're constantly going to find i can't i'm sitting here thinking about situations of black it's men, I mean, it's, it's it's inherently destructive who, no yeah, no it's no, inherently let, let, destructive let, let
1: your let your man finish his thought I'm thinking, wait, of, of,
3: I'm thinking of black men specifically who right now who have built an empire with other black men who are still working together and built something together right now i can't think of one And I think, again, it's not something that's inherently wrong with us. I think it's something that's inherently wrong with the system. I think no matter what you do, you're always going to be, as long as you're an entrepreneur, you're always going to be playing a real life game of Monopoly. It's about you collecting the $200. It's about you cross. It's, It's always going to be about you. And I think when you bring relationships, intimate relationships and friendships involved in it, that doesn't mix.
1: But how, how do you say that that's necessarily a bad thing when that, that, that drive, that motivation... No, listen to what no, I'm, I'm saying. No, I'm listening to you. Yeah. How do you say that that's a bad thing when that drive, that motivation? What's causing you to do that is what's ultimately going to put food not only on your table, but on your family's table. You literally just said it. When you're talking about business and friendship, it's about your business first. So how do you say that it's a bad thing if you literally just said it's about the business first? I'm, I'm saying adding that
3: friendship component, it's a bad thing because you're going to remain, even if you're providing for your family, it's always going to be about you. It's about your family. It may be about you taking care of other people's families, but in the other people's families that you take care of, it's only going to be in the capacity of them as an employee, as a worker.
2: Once you get, once you add that, you know, that familial component, it can either dilute or enhance expectations.
3: And it's killing us. It's killing us. It's literally killing us. It's causing, I mean, Joe Budden in this situation was a small microcosm of what we see on an everyday basis with relationships. Mm -hmm. Because in our community, the driving thing for us to do nowadays is to be a fucking entrepreneur. It's for us to build something to try to get a bag for ourselves. We don't possess currently, because we've been conditioned otherwise, a communal, I don't want to get the bag. I want us to get the bag, to make sure them other motherfuckers don't get the bag. Not many of us have that perspective right now.
1: All right. Who wants to go next? All right, well, I guess I'll jump in. This, uh,
2: Interesting article about uh, bans on critical race theory. Um, by this teacher, who uh, said that uh, these bans are narrowing reality and are selling out our kids, um, because apparently uh, Tennessee has passed a ban on, te- on teaching critical critical race theory. And um, the argument this teacher put forth was that um, you know this presupposes that education. Uh, cuz he said that I don't teach kids critical race theory I will tell them about it so they can come uh, to their own conclusions about it cuz that's what con- that's what education should be for to enable um serious thinking um, but bans like this seem to confine the definition of education um to something that's dictated um you know and, and 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 something that is indoctrinated you know which is something they seem to fear with critical race theory so you know I just want to see what you gentlemen thought um, about you know how these you know, these bands are are clearly rolling through here, and uh, teachers are reacting.
3: Um, so uh, was that teacher white or black? Crush. I can't be certain. <laughs> you don't have to be, brother. You don't have to be. <laughs> I'll
2: be <laughs> certain. L-
1: L's, L's already, El's already formulated the image <laughs> of that true. person in his That's... mind. And... <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, uh, l Since
3: <laughs> you bubble it already and shit. Most people can't define critical race theory. Nigga,
1: say it one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> Most people can't define it.
3: Most people who criticize race, critical race theory have never read critical race theory. They've never studied it. They can't give any perspective outside of, from a position of fear and concern that their whiteness is going to be eradicated. Mm. Mm, mm, That's mm, it. So yeah, that is it. This, this battle for against critical race theory was pushed forth into the limelight by old Orange Dude when he was in office. Oh, but it's been yeah. a battle against critical race theory that goes all the way back for a number of years. The father of critical race theory happens to be the late great law professor, Derek Bell, who, if you listen, man, if you haven't read two books, <laughs> that gives you a great understanding about how race works in this country, I want you to go out and read Derrick Bell because that shit will literally change your perspective on race. Critical race theory can be defined simply as storytelling. Meaning, storytelling is used to produce ideas about something different. Nigga, say it one more time. Dude. Yeah, that's, that's, it's It's simple. It's storytelling to produce ideas about the possibilities of something
1: different. And that's what scares the white people. That, that, you know, that, that's the part that gets me, dude. Critical race theory has been around since the 70s. It's been around for yeah. a very, yeah. very, very long, long time. time. And like El was saying earlier, it's odd that if you ask 10 people, they can't tell you what critical race theory is. They can't give you a the solid definition of what critical race theory is. Besides the fact that out and uh, you know, to be very honest with you, I think that it's fair that you can't get folks to really be able to tell you what critical race theory is because it's a niche study. They don't you you're not supposed to be able to. Okay, the fear that a lot of people, liberals included, have white, about critical black, white and black, by the white way. And black liberals, mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't matter the spectrum, right? Is that. That it's going to be taught because this is the narrative you get. That is going to be taught to our kids, which is going to end up ultimately corrupting their minds. Oh if you take God. the if you take the, the <laughs> if you take the conservative conservative perspective of it, they'll tell you that teaching critical race theory in schools will be the destruction of America as we know it. Literally, this is if you Google is, what, is, what is critical race is theory, the first five videos. Trust me, I've done it all week just to make sure I didn't miss a beat. Oh that the first five videos that you see are by right, conservative-leaning outlets that have all, by note, say that critical race theory and teaching it in schools will lead to the destruction of America as we know it. That's one of their biggest talking points. Mm -hmm. The fact that of the six first legislatures to try and ban critical race theory, not one of them had a policy or proposal to teach critical race theory in K through 12 grades. Mm -hmm. Not one of them. It's hardly taught in the college level. Mm -hmm. If you're going to find it, it's taught primarily in law school. And even then it's still limited, Mm -hmm. but somehow they've left you to be fearful that critical race theory is going to corrupt and change the minds of your kids. And that's including liberal whites or liberal blacks as well, because the th- the thought is we need to get to this element or this place Ooh. of colorblindness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And critical race theory tells you, no, it's not colorblindness. We're trying to teach you the mechanics of what happens through prejudice and racism and how you can better, Im- I guess, imagine what mm-hmm. it takes to, re- to change that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how that that scares people, because mm-hmm. if you're in a learning environment, if you're talking about doing actual study. You need analysis. How do you bring analysis? You bring analysis by bringing data. The data is there. History is there. Gender bias is there. All of these things are there for you to look at. So how do you come to a proper conclusion if you don't take analysis and take heed of all the things that have already happened? But what they don't want you to do is they
3: don't want you to dream. They don't want you to imagine. They don't want you to no, create To no, think outside no. of the box. One of the things, to, one of the key <laughs> concepts that Derek Bell introduced was the permanence of racism. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. permanence, how, even if to, listen, man, I, I'm not even going down that deep rabbit hole, but one of the things, if you Google and go on YouTube and look uh, for Derek Bell's Space Traders, it's a fabulous sh- short movie um, back in the day HBO had this one show with George Clinton uh, I can't remember the name of it anyway it was a Space Traders and the gist of the Space Traders show was that if aliens came down to the earth and came to the United States and said hey, all the issues that you have, whether it be pollution hunger, disease sickness, we have the cures and the fixes for all that shit we just need one thing from you all of your black people. If you give us all of your black people, we'll cure all of those things. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what happened. Space traders, listen, and, and, and legit, if that's the, the key component of critical race theory, is thinking outside of the norm to begin to go back into the data, to go back into the history, and to say, hey, Maybe we can think of different solutions, but motherfucker, mm-hmm. listen, liberals, white, black, blue, green, the motherfuckers that y'all call allies—they <laughs> don't want you to think; <laughs> they just want you to
1: be better friends, to that, be more yeah. diverse, to be yeah. more inclusive. That whole this, it yeah. ends up being a it ends you up being mother a mother feeling mother. like I think multicultural. That, yeah, oh. there was a was it, a doctor. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. 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 I'm sorry. Uh, My Imani, bad, man. My bad, a, there's bro. There's an author, Doctor Dr. Dr. Imani Prince. She she said it's really the the outlet of looking at the legal achievements necessary to affect law, mm-hmm. um, to affect law policy and legislation, and how you imagine those effects with racism in it. Those components. So, I mean, it, you're stuck in one spot where someone's telling you just to just to fathom what race and its implications and its place in our society and though all these elements of our lives that that's going to be the destruction of america and then you have another side telling you that we just all need to be colorblind and treat each other fairly and that's not necessarily the case because you can't make changes without no. focusing and pinning down on the causes of those things that need uh, to be changed without, without <laughs> crush thinking seriously
2: yeah so go ahead crush no um no this uh you know this is a uh, like you know, said this this, this, this this goes as far back as the 70s and it's just it's just uh, an, a knee-jerk reaction to the idea of their precious you know their precious white children uh, centralizing their existence in any way um even though that's far from the case uh it, it's amazing but then again not so much I really dig, to the extent to which you know American wants to exert its control even over its even over, even over its own future but i guess that would be ideal for capitalism you know that, that that's how you make the most money right i mean free free thinkers don't uh don't
1: buy what you want right one of the biggest things is <laughs> i won't say this. i don't want to say scary because it's not necessarily scary but it is it is fascinating to the extent that the propaganda is going to try and scare people away from critical race theory that people that indulge and i use that term loosely indulge in critical race theory have always think about race and that we as america as a society are so obsessed with race that we have been aligned to nazi germany and apartheid south africa and these are these are actual quotes from liberals And conservatives saying this type of so and the fascinating component about using those two piss poor
3: examples is if you go back and read Hitler's information, he says, you know where I learned the shit that I did to the Jews from. (laughs) Like, listen, this is he literally, he literally says, I learned. What I what I did to the Jews, I learned from America what they did to the blacks Americans and the
1: blacks, yes. <sighs> you don't hear that very often. I'm glad that you add that.
2: That's beautiful. That's just
1: anyway. All right. L.
3: Coming home the roost. Let,
1: let's 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 take it over, man. Go ahead.
3: Listen, man. Uh whew. I I know most of us have been paying attention to what has been taking place in the Middle East uh, between, uh, I won't even say between, because the last thing I want to do is to uh, create this narrative that it's a conflict taking place between Israel and Palestine, because it's not a conflict, it's a conquest.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, you,
3: you don't you don't have two equal they're not two, two equally specific.
1: opposing sides yeah. at all. No. No. very good go mm-hmm. ahead you, you, you yeah. don't
3: have that taking place and i know we've yeah. seen this happening on the news where israel is bombing killing men women and children indiscriminately indiscriminately and the audacity of so many to come out. But but again,
1: one of the things that I want to really harp on was- Hold on, before fact- you continue, and I apologize, right. I'll let you continue, but we this this is the first time that we on this show have ventured out of topics that typically don't affect the Black community, whether we're talking about internationally Black right. or American Black. Right. Just for our audiences listen, and listeners' sake, why did you think that this was an important conversation for us to have? For a number of things.
3: There is a long history of black solidarity with the people in Palestine. Goes yes. way back. It's yes. a fantastic yes. book, as a matter of fact. Yeah, uh, it's very true. Extremely true. Black power in Palestine. Yeah. It yeah. goes Extremely all the way true. back. We've always had a relationship. Even we had a relationship mm-hmm. to the point of During Ferguson, after the murder of Mike Brown, where Palestinians who endured so much of the shit that Israel was doing communicated (laughs) with some of the people in Ferguson, told them how to handle handle it. So there's always been a level of solidarity. (laughs) And I think as black people who are fighting for liberation in general, we're against any sort of imperialism. And what we're seeing taking place right now is the utmost example of fucking imperialism. Yes. But again, I know there's so much propaganda within the media that wants to cultivate this image that this is an actual conflict. It's a fight. fight. But I want you guys to understand that Israel is one of the most militarized countries in the world in the world and you want to know how they get so much of their funding for their military
1: almost three three point something billion dollars, billion in dollars United point
3: every year billion dollars a year that
1: america taxes. gives taxes. your tax dollars our taxes
0: Let's keep so it all this the way is, funky. Let's, this let's, is let's, let's actually
1: put a title on the thing. The Israeli people do not do anything for the United States. That's welfare money. <laughs> no bullshit. <laughs> Let, no, let's it, keep it one hundred percent funky. You're getting three point something billion dollars every year. But why? From 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 what? What services? What what bills? What why? services? Do they, why 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 support people, them? Well, Man. let's let's. I, some people will say <laughs> because Israel keeps peace in the Middle East because of the military power that they have that's mm-hmm. why America does that it's that a, military that's, power that's that's the military power is appealing that's sexy let well anyway It's sexy with a gun
3: I, yeah, I sexy with when guns there, when there's resources Jesus there curvy. that you that wants. you that you want and you need to and let's not <sighs> forget the religious
1: listen that that, that's there. the part I wanted to have the conversation <laughs> with you about because <laughs> this is the thing that gets me okay the way the narrative is the long-term narrative not the short-term narrative that we're seeing now right is that the battle between palestine and israel is really a battle between islam and judaism or a battle of religions of right and wrong that's how it's really depicted and when you do your when you do your research when you learn the history you understand that this is something that's only spawned up within the past 60 70 years, and all yeah. of it really honestly spawned from ways. yeah. They
2: they they want yeah. you to think it's centuries, but
1: no, no, no it's not <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's
3: not the the centuries. The centuries, they they, that's centuries. Battle, they made you think it's centuries, a yeah, a thousand years, a thousand years. Israel didn't no. become a state, the, the state of Israel, until 1948. So it's like it is listen, the religious 70s. The religious component between the way that we view... American is a Christian nation. That doesn't mean that we follow Christian principles, or we're all Christians, but we have such a connection to Christianity that we view Israel in a certain religious component that when we view and show all of the atrocities that Israel are doing, people want to run to the Bible and say, hold on, time out. Uh I thought we were on the side of Israel. I thought,
1: you know, God's sake. I, 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 think, you're, I think you're glossing over one of the biggest points. No, I left it for you because people are already going to hate me. <laughs> well, they, they've been, hating you. About they've been you hating you for a minute, but it's all good. your ass hurting all <laughs> show. So I figured, you know. Right here. No, but I think one of the biggest things that gets me is that you When you take a deeper look into the reason why America loves Israel, please tell them this conservative movement that the only reason why they really love Israel is because biblically they say that Israel will be the home or where the when Jesus comes back and the Messiah is there to do. And mind you, when the Messiah comes back, he's supposed to destroy all Jews, all Jews, so according to them. According to them, so that's that's the reason. So technically speaking, if you think about it, that's the reason why there's an allyship between American evangelical Christians and Judaism, yes, or the Jews in Israel, I should say, yes, because of this this story. And I use that term loosely. This story. Okay, that's what it is. It's a story. That Jesus is coming back. The Messiah will come back, and he will arrive in Israel. In and when Israel. he comes back, he's going to that all anyone who is not a believer is going to be killed anyway. So According wouldn't to that them. be a home full of Jews? Yeah. Listen, man, it's it's that
3: component is so incredibly understatement. Is it, and that it's because re- America's support of Israel has that religious component. The fight between Palestine or the the attack of Israel against Palestine, religion plays a little bit, but the Palestinians have been more than open on a number of occasions of sticking to agreements that they actually had put forth in the past. But Israel, on some fuck shit, like, no, we want all y'all motherfuckers to go. And in a way to get you out, we're going to kill the unprotected. We're going to bomb Gaza where all you motherfuckers are and know that there's no one there to protect you. And then we're going to blame you because we have a relationship with America and all the media in America is intertwined with the American government. So it's going to be easier for us to put the propaganda out for people in America to buy the idea that Israel is the fucking victim here, but everybody's going to neglect that America guaranteed to give Israel $38 billion with 3.8 yearly for what? For them to build their fucking military. A military that America actually trains with and who trains there? Your police officers. What police officers? The very police officers who are killing your black boys, girls and women and men in your communities. God bless America, right?
1: one of the things that gets me about it is now as of recently there has been a a louder upcry I think it started a while back because Mark Lamont Hill when they started mentioning calling the state of Israel what it's doing to Palestinians calling it apartheid. apartheid and then they started the BDM movement boycott divestment movement and even that at the UN Ooh. got pissed on. Now, this is the thing that gets me. A lot of people, and you hear this with white evangelicals all the time when they talk about protesting too. They say, you got to do it the right way. You got to be, you know, come white and the, the white way. The white way. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll forward you those letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fuck all y'all ahead of time. <laughs> but you got to do it a particular way. But you watch as Palestine has come to the U.N. not once, not twice, not three times in the fashion that people have been petitioning them to come to the U.N. The same way that Israel came to the U.N. in the 40s to request for a state, Palestine has done that multiple times. And each time the U.N. tells them, no, how does that work? Then they'll use the excuse of Hamas, which Hamas is like the size I want you to, to try and picture Hamas. Hamas is the democratically elected government in Palestine, and it's yes. in, in the Gaza, in the Gaza specific. It's a small. It's literally it's like the size of shack. It's compared to an embryo. It, it's like if, if you really want to think about it, it's like black lives. It's Black yeah. Lives Matter against the United States military. Perfect. That's exactly. really, that's that's literally what it's like. Excellent. <laughs> okay. So when they're fighting back.
3: When Hamas is fighting back, they're literally making very small and almost insignificant damage compared to the damage that Israel is is doing unprovoked. And that's the part that the Palestine didn't do. Anything to provoke mm-hmm. Israel to do this. And that's the fuck. The, listen, I don't want to understand what you, you airstrikes you know During this,
1: discussions, you know that okay. the Israeli, you know that Israel Israel has something called the Iron Dome. The American government yes. paid billions and billions and billions of dollars yeah. to build this service. The Iron Dome essentially is a protective system that anytime they detect rockets coming into Israel, they shoot them down. Like it's an automated system. That's how it works. They are protected. So Hamas, and I'm not trying to belittle anybody that's died, any Jews that have died. I'm not doing that. We're not doing that. But in comparison to what's being done, it is nowhere close to the same. And the way the... the way the the media tries to push this is as though it just spawned out of nowhere. They're not telling you how people are being displaced. They're not telling you how if you're a Palestinian and you leave Palestine, you leave Palestine, you leave Israel, you leave Gaza, that you can, if you spend you more than deliver, five years, you cannot come back. There are certain places in Palestine now that you can't come, you can't go out of. No, you only allowed to stay there. You can't get out of that, that like a five, six mile radius. You're not allowed to leave because you have a passport that says that you can only be in that particular area. They have colored passports for these mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. on or top of the displacement. How- the, exactly how the israelis israeli
3: citizens are showing up at the Palestinian citizens homes and yeah, just,
1: taking homes them, that, just taking and them just taking them just taking them that's how that's, that's our, this that shit blew my mind this is like taking your homes this particular skirmish actually started because they were all actually at these mosques and protesting and kicking people out of the mosque like how do you allow that and say that that's something that's you know what i'm saying for and what I'm, for what Well, because they they want it. Because they want it. Well, they've been told that they... They want it. They want it. Yeah, they want it. That's all. They want it. They were like, you know what? It's time today. Let's go get it. Everyone... But the the Israeli government has been doing that since the 80s, this displacement thing. For Uh, a very, very long time. It's only really just started to ramp up once... This goofball Netanyahu got into office, and they started really, really pushing it. Yeah, pushing
2: this guy, he's, he's, and, he's and, you he don't give this no is, zero this is fucks. I recently
1: learned as I was trying to prepare for the show, you know that there's a there's a a theological debate, but many theologians default that, that read Judaism, or read the Torah, say that there's a part in the Torah that says that Israel should not have a home oh. until the Messiah comes right. back. That that's what the Torah says. So if this is about religion, because that's the thing that they've been making it seem like Israel says, like, is the Israeli government, I won't say the Israeli people, the Israeli government makes it seem like it's a battle against Ju- Judaism and Islam. And that for them to be able to survive and not be Jews to be wiped off the face of the earth, this is what they need to do. That is that it's a biblical argument, a biblical based battle. And it's not. It's not. I don't but know if again, there's necessarily. Uh, it's fascinating. A, a to way see. to fix the shit. Oh, I, there is. Oh no, no. Well, I mean, who's who's? There is a way to fix it. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. There is a way to fix it. But how do mm. you fix it when the? <laughs> how do you fix it when the people that are in charge have bought have drank the Kool Aid?
2: And a couple of pictures of the Kool Aid.
3: The people
1: who are selling the Kool Aid have to get involved. Do you think the BDM movement would work? This, the same movement that you they pushed to help South Africa remove itself from apartheid, do you think that it would work? I think it's a possibility. But I think
3: that the one way that it something immediate, because this is a ceasefire now, if I'm not mistaken. I think a ceasefire yep. took place overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that doesn't mean anything. Because some of the voices have started picking up, but that doesn't really mean that's shit, because that stuff always falters. But go ahead. Yeah. But... We, and when I say we,
3: I hate using that term in this kind of context, America has the ability to stop that shit taking place over there. We have the ability to sanction. We have the ability to say, listen, we told you we're going to give y'all 3.8. We ain't giving y'all a motherfucking thing until y'all knock that shit off. But in any other situation where this type of life loss would have happened,
1: that would have already been on the table from we Jump Street. We, we, we would have been there.
3: We would have been on
1: That's true. We, we probably would have had boots on the ground by then. At least NATO or something would have happened. Somebody, you know, one of the things that got me this is that I don't know if you know, um, Representative Rashida Tlaib from Michigan. Huh? Mm-hmm. She came first Palestinian to ever first serve in the United States government at all. And,
0: and she, she made
1: was, this noise and people tried, like, people really was trying to shout her down. A
3: long time ago, she's been speaking about Palestine. Yeah, yeah. She has been very vocal about it here recently, and she has gotten very little support. Only
1: now, those, those, the, those the more, speaking. excuse me, quote unquote, progressives of- Some of the-, some of the some of Yeah, some support, of the squad have yeah. done it or whatever. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, I think they're kind of late to the party, but oh, sometimes it's better goodness. late than never. Let's get the, me- get the message out
2: there. Yeah, yeah, we got to.
1: Anyway. Got to. All right, right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, crush, what's up, man? Uh,
2: I don't got much to be honest, but um, just want to make sure that uh, everyone uh, understands the uh, the importance of communication amongst your partners and uh, to keep the the big picture in mind um, and to uh, you know keep your loved ones close.
1: All right, we go, oh.
3: What's up, man? I, I want to say, COVID's not over. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> hold on, hold
1: on. Who is, he's right, he's right.
3: Who is this message for? For these dumbass motherfuckers who <laughs> all of a sudden don't wear, wear a mask. You're the same filthy animals who probably wasn't washing your hands. <laughs> you.
1: Filthy animals! <laughs> filthy animals! Filthy animals! <laughs> and then he'll turn around and I'm like, "Why are you, boy?" Sick? He get nails. <laughs> he get all this. Listen, man, listen <laughs>
3: you filthy animals, man! Listen, <laughs> folks. And and the reason why I, I mentioned it here at this particular juncture is, mm, yeah, we're yeah. starting to see more young people, more young children get it. affected yeah, by COVID. getting the virus. Yeah, and the schools are opening. My children are going back to school. Old children are going back to school, motherfucker. Our children are going back, so I need you to do what's necessary to ensure the safety of my children. Yeah. If that means for you to put a fucking mask on, and you have the audacity
1: not to want to put a fucking mask on, hold on. But part of that's the CDC's fault too. That stupid shit. What? It's because they gave people that window. Like, okay, if you're fully vaccinated, it's like, okay, people Did start you... lying. I'm fully vaccinated, and they come in there and walk. What? You know what I'm saying? Captain are you C- C- guys C- getting? Are you? Are you you're right? Are you guys on
2: getting? Are you guys getting your children vaccinated now that they approve uh, the shot? Ooh,
1: that's you know, a battle. I'm I'm doing it for my son just because we want. How old is, how old is your son? He's twelve. Yeah, and they made he, it just, he, just at the mark. Yeah, he just yeah. so he's just, just 12, twelve and up. And up. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, and I'm like, I'd rather we'd rather him be protected and not have to worry about. The Karen that doesn't want to put on a mask because of X, Y, and Z reason. And then at the end of the day, also, you know, my daughter, because of her sickle cell, I want everybody to be right. straight. Yeah, exactly, you know what I mean? So
3: I went to the cigar shop the other day when
1: the CDC first, I mean,
3: I probably was at the cigar shop 20 minutes after the CDC announced it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked in with my mask on, the dude was like, oh, You know, man, you can take it off, right? You've been vaccinated, right? You don't have to wear that. I was like, Nah, motherfucker. Inside, I'm keeping
1: it on. Inside, outside. I don't know you like that. Listen, you know what's funny? They said it at the beginning of the pandemic. We don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but at the beginning of the pandemic, they were talking about the type of masks you're supposed to wear and all that. So what's most protective and all of that stuff. The 95s, all that, yeah. And for me, I wear the disposable paper mask, and I wear a cloth mask over top, and I wear my gloves. Whenever I go into the office, because I go into the office a couple times a week now, and I got my latex gloves. Oh my Some people must must be nice, but I got my latex gloves and I got my doubled up mask and all of that. And people look at me like, dude, are you, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I am all right. Now I'll continue to be all right because I'm protecting myself. Like okay. it's odd to see folks actually do what they, <laughs> it's like it's, it's an oddity to other people to see other people doing what they're supposed to do and shit. Like what the hell is that?
3: Or like you motherfuckers, mm. was just nasty before the pandemic. Dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't True. stay at the potluck. Facts. Because your ass is nasty. Oh no, this no, 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 is, no, this Potlucks this no. Potlucks no man. Yo, I man,
2: I, yo. <laughs> A long time ago. Not, you to, know, tr- my, not to trust. That was one of the first code. things my wife told me, man. Like, we never doing potluck. <laughs> <laughs> never, never.
1: Never. Unless,
2: unless <laughs> we
1: know for certain everything was store-bought. And even then, it still comes. Yeah, <laughs> <and> store. <laughs> where would you keep it. I don't And What'd you keep it after? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up for me this week, man? Is comedy icon, Legend of Godfather of Black Comedy, Paul Mooney, passed away at the age of 79 uh, from a heart attack, actually. Um, While battling he, prostate cancer. My guy. Ah, man. I... I, I will yeah. say when I was first introduced to Paul Mooney, I did not know about him and his relationship with Richard Pryor and all the writing that he had done for decades prior, but it was until I think the early 2000s when I first saw one of my first stand-up, his one of his first stand-ups that I had seen, and I was like, who is this dude that is relentlessly kicking white people in the teeth? Like, what's going on with this shit? Man. And it's and then, of course, you after seeing his stand-up, you see the infamous spots that he got on the Chappelle show, Negro Damas mm-hmm. and Ask a Black Guy and all that other stuff. Yo. And he was still touring. He, he was still touring and working, even with all of that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to an icon, to a legend, because we're, there's not too many comedians around like him. It's not too many I don't many think we're going to see to another one like him at around all.
3: around if he, he wasn't I around.
2: mean, Mooney, I mean, true, yeah. true. I, True. I know my money for a long time, man. True, true, uh, true. His history is, is indelible.
1: Crush, mm. where can these good people find you if they like to find you, man?
2: Man, they can find me on Instagram at the Orange Crush with a K or at SP
3: Methods.
1: No doubt. L, where can people find you if they want to find you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> man, Twitter at Elgin Bailey. You motherfuckers ain't gonna look for me anyway. Y'all ain't got shit to
1: say. Y'all gonna write? Oh, well, they hunt you down there.
3: You ain't gonna come see me. You're gonna write this motherfucker here. They're gonna send the email to me. <laughs> <or they're> gonna... <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
1: Either they're gonna send the email to me
3: or they're gonna show up into YouTube with some bullshit. Well, <laughs> I, I'll let you know it. If you got an issue with some shit that I said, add Eljabeli. You, you light
1: skinned race yeah. baiter, you.
3: <laughs> and my response oh my is God. gonna be, fuck you, you filthy animal. Filthy <laughs> <laughs> no, animal.
0: Hashtag filthy animal. That's a new one.
1: Hashtag filthy OPM, you're a rat bastard. And I'm your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us. And we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black, PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out the YouTube. Join the Patreon. You're not going to regret it. And you can always check out past episodes at Mm -hmm. www.intheblackpodcast.com. Um, but as always, until next time, informed intelligent in the, in the black in the black peace in the black bro
0: Hands down one of the best podcasts I ever heard though Word breachers yeah, what up? I'm I'm I up he bread listen in the black podcast, like your lad, is it's all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Then switch fast. If you ain't raw, then you're whack. Informed, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black he bro, man a specialist. Know what the podcast broadcasts. Y'all mess with this. Like said, they might my cheat. Oh, no, do it. So, effortless? Listen to my and listen to my learn when I'm listening, benefit. Reporting current events, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, a scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not fused without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts. Bringing them to your residence. In your house, or your tenement. Listen to your intelligence. Body filled with melanin power that's so them Bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desert. In the black podcast, take your land, it's all facts, you don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, they punt up, who watch, block up your chop, me can't flop. In the black podcast, take your land, it's all facts, you don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, we outlast, the one of them can't, none of them no contrast. Yeah. Black, Just like that, though. Yeah, man, I saw we I do it, big old. Yeah. Mr. In the black himself, uh. What up DJ Hen? It's your boy Blackap. I'm out. No, no!